0: The ultimate book.com Now, enjoy today's conversation from being.
1: All right. Hello, hello to whoever is on the other side of this listening. My name is Ross Weitzer, and I want to introduce you, welcome you to the ultimate podcast, Conversations from Being. Now I have a wonderful guest today to be in presence with me. Her name is Sarah Adnani, the magnificent personal and business coach. Sarah, hello, hello today.
2: Hey, Russ. So nice to be here with you.
1: Yeah, it is so nice as well. Such a pleasure to meet you.
2: Same here. It's amazing. I'm, I'm in Miami all the way in South Africa. How awesome.
1: Yeah, how special to be able to connect and from such a far distance.
2: I know. You have to be so close, so near, so connected.
1: Absolutely. So, Sarah, the reason that we are here today and I invited you to be in this conversation with me is one to get to know each other, experience each other in just being with each other and kind of learning about how the ultimate coach has the book has really impacted us and just created a shift in our being. And I wanted to reach out with you specifically just because of my own observation from afar of, of seeing how the book and just being has been so present in your life and I'm really curious to just start this off by asking you since reading the book what major shifts have you experienced and discovered within yourself
2: oh wow I mean there have been so many major transformations since reading the book and I'm rereading the book um the first time I read the book was in August um I got the manuscript from Steve and then I started reading it again when it came out um and then recently, I don't know if you saw on the Ultimate, Face, Ultimate Coach Facebook page where they've asked us all to sign the book um, as if it was ours. Uh, it just kind of like hit me differently. Uh, but they've been major, major transformations. They, they happen every day. Uh, the, the main ones is my level of awareness has increased significantly. Um, I am loving awareness means a whole new, different thing to me. Um, You know, Ram Dass says, says I'm a loving awareness. Uh, One of Steve's declarations is I'm loving awareness. And I've always understood it and kind of connected to it. But recently, it really, really, really sat with me in such a deep way that I can so feel it in my being. It's kind of like a zooming out thing where I'm just loving awareness and watching whatever is happening within this avatar, which is my body, my nervous system, and clearly seeing it and seeing which path and which road the thoughts are trying to take me on. And watching that with, I was aware before, noticing what's happening within me, but I would judge it. And I would try and escape from it. And I would try and get rid of it. And I would try to understand what did I do wrong. It's my fault. And I would shame me. And this new understanding now is more of, okay, there's a little bit of anger. Or there's a little bit of sadness. Or there's a little bit of frustration or whatever it is going on. And it's okay. And I'm watching it with loving awareness. So not just awareness. So before... I guess before it was awareness. And now it's really loving awareness, like loving myself no matter what's happening inside. Uh, It actually happened this morning. I couldn't sleep last night for whatever reason. And um, so I only slept like two or three hours. So I woke up a little, you know, when you don't sleep, you just wake up tired. You're not a little frustrated and not fully recovered or rested. Right. And. I woke up, my alarm went off and I woke up that way and my dogs were like starting to play. And I noticed myself getting frustrated, like, oh, I got to take them to the park. I'm tired. You know, I wish I could sleep a little more. And then immediately, this is the power of this book and this is the power of the transformations that happened through this book. Immediately, I dropped into my body. So, right? so I'm in my brain, my mind. Immediately, I dropped into my body. I'm like, it's okay, Sarah. I didn't sleep much. It's okay to feel like this. No big deal. And it, it just faded away. You know, it completely disappeared. I, I got up, went to the park. I was happy. You know, okay, you didn't sleep. It's okay. No big deal. Uh, You feel whatever you feel. It's okay. You know, just stay here in your body. Don't try to go anywhere else. Don't try and figure it out. Don't try to understand why. Don't try and shame yourself. Don't just just be here. Be here in the body. And the minute I was loving awareness to like that, you know, it's like it's like I made love to myself. I don't know if that makes sense. But it, like it's that meeting of the self instead of that resistance. It's just like that meeting and that making love and that union. And it's just been so beautiful in love like that with myself so I signed the book I don't know if this is this one because I have like a few of them laying around <laughs> uh, I give them out all the time but I signed it as loving myself no matter what and that's exactly what that means no matter what happens no matter what uh, my, my thoughts have taken me on um, I'm just going to love myself I'm not doing anything wrong there's nothing to shame. It's all good. It's all allowed. So that's, that's right. That's my biggest transformation. That's, I call that the union or the fusion with grace. That softness. For me, it's the feminine quality of God.
1: What resonates with me is, is two significant points that I'm taking away from it. Is when you're mentioning loving awareness and how in rediscovering it through the ultimate coach, it had this deeper depth of meaning for you. And for me, what occurred was is I often think about there is learning intellectually. It's like, okay, I've learned about this mantra from Ram Das, I'm loving awareness. And then there's actually having the experience of being that mantra. And for me, that's what occurred through reading The Ultimate Coach is that I went from previously having this intellectual understanding of being to, oh my God, I'm actually experiencing being. And that is what was so magical about the book for me. I was like, I've never experienced a book this way where I'm so knowing now of what being means. And I'm so knowing now because I'm having the literal experience of being connected to my being and observing how I can shift my being. And what I love you, what I loved that you said was this, this like you, you said it wonderfully, this like graceful union with the self. And I experienced that literally with you. And what I mean is I felt at the beginning of the start of this podcast, right? This is my first time doing a podcast. And I just felt those jitters and those nerves. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the seat of awareness, hearing the first like 30 seconds, like I'm like the introduction to this episode. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't feel like myself. I don't, I don't feel like I'm being me. I don't feel authentic. And in the past, instead of having that awareness in the past, I would then add a layer of judgment on top of it. And it's that layer of judgment on top of it where I would then feel the shame and I would feel low self-worth. But like you were mentioning that, that graceful union of the self is I saw it and that was it. I was able to leave it there. I didn't have to shift my being from okay, I'm experiencing inauthenticity, but that doesn't mean I am inauthentic. And because I was able to be authentic, I was able to just let that go. And that right there was was a big shift for me in reading the ultimate coach, is that like I'm experiencing I am, and no longer needing to think it or believe I know it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, the intellectual is one thing and the experience is a whole different thing. And I, you know, when we start in this conversation, I see the shift, right? And like, it's, it takes, you know, I've never done a podcast. What am I going to say? And then immediately, as you take the seat of the self and watch it unfold, it kind of like does what it needs to do for you without you thinking about it Mm -hmm. and authenticity you're talking about it's, it's so beautiful to experience and to also watch someone experience it um and you know i realize a lot of what we do is like we intellectualize things and we try and go from here meaning the brain to the body and it doesn't work that way the way it works is from the heart from the body up. So the heart and the body watches, witnesses and tells the brain where to go, but most of us do the opposite. We use the brain to control everything else, so the brain becomes the master of the body and of our lives, and so we have it opposite. It's the way it's supposed to go. Um, And we make it so much harder when we try and do it that way. We go in, it's like you're going the wrong way. You know, how you're going on, the ro- on, a, on a road and it says wrong way, make a U-turn. It's one of those, you know, it has to come from here, from the body, from the heart, and up. And what I, I know it's hard for us as humans because a lot of our traumas, a lot of things we go through, a lot of stories we pick up or scarcities stays in our nervous system, in our bodies. So a lot of us go through adapt um, a way of being that is disassociation, right? We escape the body because it gets painful. Uh, and we learned to do that from a young age, and so we just started relying on the brain. So when you tell people, come back to your body, it's hard for a lot of people because going to that place, there's a lot of pain in there that I need to process. So it's hard for me to do that. That's why Steve talks about frosting on top of poop. But right? you, can't, you can't experience what we're experiencing now without doing the work. Meaning without coming back to your body and removing those layers or looking at the poop in there. You know, I I understand I'm loving awareness from a long time and but I've I've been doing a lot of work, a lot of deep, deep work. I mean, it has been a lot of judgments that I had to look at, uh, a lot of traumas that I had to relive and transform for me to finally be able. It's like, it's like doing this, right? Getting rid of all these traumas to finally clear the way to take the seed of the self. Otherwise, what I was doing before is I am loving awareness, but it was on top of who. Right, it wasn't sitting anywhere in my body because there was a lot of things that needed to be removed first. You know, um, stories I, w- I picked up or stories I was telling myself from whatever I had, whatever happened throughout my life. I had a lot of abandonment issues I had to figure out. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of, just a lot of traumas, you know, a lot of stories, a lot of pains, a lot of suffering that i had to look at and write, write my own judgments and be like well okay well let's let's look at this story what what really happened you know, it's like going back and holding that little girl's hand and saying okay what happened here and sitting with her in that pain to see it again and from, from that place change the story you can't i can't just tell her oh no no that didn't happen i can't gaslight her you know i can't be like okay that happened a long time ago just move on Oh, forget about it. It's more of like, okay, so holding that space for her, sitting there, seeing it, and then transforming it. And then bringing her with me. So that next time I say, I am powerful. It's one of my declarations. So I am free. I am free to be. I am free to create. I am free to be woman. We're saying that together. You know, before I would say, or was an affirmation, not a declaration. I would say an affirmation, and she's there like, No, no you're not, you know, and it's kind of like we're doing this, and it's, kind of, it's and I would hear her saying that' like, okay, I'm just going to say it, and i'm going to continue saying it until until I believe it I intellectually, yeah, but it still it felt off, but like going through the poop. <laughs> like Steve talks about and cleaning that, cleaning that mess. Now we say it together in union. And I say, I'm free to be, I'm free to be woman. And she's like, hell yes. You know, uh, versus no, you're not. And uh, so it's, um, it's an ongoing union with me and all these parts that were in pain. It's like going back, Talking to them, bringing them up And we're like, okay, cool, we're doing this together Versus a fragmented self uh, Trying to force anything On all these parts of me And so they're all against me And it's like a war inside, you know It's also what I call the brain Against the heart uh, So now it's uh, You know, in yoga spirituality We talk like, coming I an Alignment, mind, body and spirit And that's what the book Has been able do is really bring the mind body and spirit into a life.
1: one of the interesting pieces that i picked up in there is when we were talking about the mantra i am loving awareness before when it was just a sentence that wasn't having this deep inner shift and today where it has this whole new world of meaning and experience what I think is a possibility is that before having that shift through reading the book, the mantra was all in the mind. It was just another thought being repeated. And through the book, the mantra shifted into being something that was like the body was also communicating. So all of a sudden I am loving awareness. There is now coherence where it's the body and the mind are communicating it as one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's where I'm coming from now, right? It's the state of being, meaning where I'm coming from. It's not just a thought. Um, I am loving awareness is, is, uh, it's, it's just that where I'm coming from. And you know, that's what I, I was actually just coaching on that, where you're coming from. And I don't mean the country, you know, meaning your being. Um, you know, Steve talks about what you do you're doing comes from your being so where are you coming from coming from angry you're gonna do angry things so i am a loving awareness is what i'm coming from and because i'm coming from that for me i'm also doing that for you for everyone else right so whatever you say right now because i'm coming from unloving awareness it's I'd be loving awareness. I'd be, you know, that loving witness towards, towards you, which is the opposite of judgment.
1: And imagine a previous reality where I am loving awareness coming from judgment. Wouldn't work out mm-hmm. so well. Right. Yeah. And it's that inner work of saying, yeah, I'm loving awareness. And I'm also being with those judgments and it's by being with those judgments that i'm able to transform them into love and now come from loving awareness whereas previously if i'm avoiding the work avoiding the shit i'm just repeating i am loving awareness but the judgment is still my operating system
2: because it's deeply rooted yeah because i'm, I'm um because i'm shaming the judgment right i am shaming that little girl teenager or young lady for those judgments for those thoughts for that story she created for herself out of protection right out of trying to look out for me see so it's kind of well i did that before us because we were in danger and now you're shaming me for doing that so it's looking at that at her with loving awareness, more of like, okay, thank you. I love you. And she decides to change the story automatically just because I mean her with love. It's, it's, again, it's taking the seat of the self and simply being that loving witness uh, to whatever is going on inside. And it's all good. It's all good. Whatever judgment comes up, it's okay. Whatever you know, whatever thought comes up, it's okay. It's just a bad it's just a thought. It's just a protective mechanism. It's just nothing none of those judgments were created out of trying to hurt me. It has always been protection. And that's the truth. So why would I judge punish me or shame? Me.
1: I think such an important conversation around judgment is the misunderstanding and misinterpretation of the conditioning of don't judge others. Because when we grow up and we adopt that line, don't judge others, oftentimes the misunderstanding is, oh, right now I am judging. I shouldn't judge others. So then I'm critical of my judgment. So it's like the judgment, I'm already going to feel shame. Now my conditioning says I shouldn't do that. So then I'm going to tell myself bad Ross, more shame on top of that. And the shift is don't judge others is an ideal of saying, I would love to live that way. So when I do find myself judging, I can drop it, realize I don't need it, and I can live without it.
2: You know, maybe instead of don't judge others, it happens that we judge because we're humans. And when you catch yourself doing that, forgive yourself and move on, right? Mm. Uh, it, It happens. Judgment happens. Just be aware of it and drop it, like you said, you know, don't hold on to it. Because exactly. That's the thing is, it's not that we judge, is that we shame ourselves for judging. It's not the the feeling, is the feeling on top of the feeling, which is shame. Shame is such, for me, shame is the mother of all, I don't want to call it negative. It is that, energies, right? Uh, shame is just that, it's shame. It's another emotion that we have. But if we get stuck with it, it isolates us. It, t- it puts us in a corner. Uh, with shame, we don't talk about our experiences. We hide. We don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We stay in our heads. Bad Russ or bad Sarah, you know? And it's just, we don't, it's such an isolating state of being to be there. And the minute we, we're like, Oh, okay. I do this. I shame myself and that's okay. See, not even judging the shame. Okay. That's okay. Now I'm going to talk about it and be vulnerable and allow me to love me for just what just happened. It was an experience. Then we come out of the, that isolating dark place into the light. Um, and we allow everything we just allow it to be whatever it is we just allow it to be
1: i'm curious in regards to experiencing shame just regards to like shifting your being and regards to vulnerability what what's currently going on in your life what is an area of focus where a lot of your attention on shifting is occurring
2: well I just had a major shift that I'm integrating currently, which is around, um, trying to save my mother. Um, so I was, I was in Hawaii recently as part of the ultimate placation, um, which was a retreat that Jeff Goodman invited us to, um, the readers of the book. Um, so I think it was about 10 of us. And I uh, had this major, you know, I, I, for us women, I don't know how it is for men. And I can't say this is just for women and not for men, but I'm just going to speak about women because that's who I am. So I can only speak about my experience. But for me, and as a woman, shame is a, is a very interesting and deep topic in terms of a lot of things, you can't do this or you can't do that because you're a girl or you're a woman. Um, if you, a lot of things, you know, that I was carrying were around being a woman. Um, we get, you know, someone gets, if, if a woman gets raped, oh, she, because she was dressed a certain way, she attracted that, that kind of attention if if a woman is looking pretty or taking care of herself while she's looking for attention um if um if a woman is smart she's too smart you know if a woman is, suc- is successful she's trying to be a man if you know it's um it's a lot of heavy things of like then who should, who who am i or then what is allowed for me You know, because there's a lot of shame around anything, around the body, around your brains, around having children, around being a housewife, around, you know, everything is, turns a little harder. And I'm not saying this to victimize, but it it just creates a lot of, a lot of shame. You know, as um, I've been molested as a child and I've escaped rape. And I've gotten those answers of, well, what did you do? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what, what do you mean? What did I do? You know, I, I, I was six. How can that, how, you know, shame is, you, it's your fault. That's what shame does. And so I had to do a lot of work around that. It wasn't my fault. And when I, I felt so ashamed that, I had to, I felt that I had to deny or suppress or hide my feminine side because being feminine or being in my feminine puts me in danger. I might get raped. Uh, I might, I might be looked at just as an object. I might not be taken seriously. I might, you know, all these things. And I believe those stories uh because I was shamed for getting hurt. So that's 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 a part that I've healed that that still sometimes I would notice that I i feel like I have to withdraw because oh, I'm maybe I'm being too sexy. Or oh, maybe I'm I'm um uh, I'm attracting some sort of attention I shouldn't uh, be attracting or or oh, if i allow my this this me to just flow this way, fully in my feminine, they're not going to take me seriously and I'm trying to do business. I'm an entrepreneur, you know, this is a world of men. I, you know, so there's something that I still remind myself of with love and awareness now, uh, that it is one of my declaration is I am a beautiful, sexy, feminine, smart woman. And I can be all those things. And I give myself permission to be all those things. And yes, there are men out there who would try and take advantage. Uh, but it doesn't mean I need to hide. It's not on me to hide uh, or try and suppress any of that. So so it's a constant reminder because that protective mechanism, uh, it happened yesterday at the gym, you know? Uh, I was, I was in the steam room and, uh, you know, I felt that, you know, there was a guy there and I felt that automatic protection. I had to protect myself. And then I was like, oh, I can, I can just relax in my being and be who I am. And it doesn't mean I'm opening the door for this man. If he takes it this way, I'm just going to say, no, thank you, which is exactly what happened. No, but no, thank you. I'm just taking some time to meditate here in the steam room and just have some space but before I would get defensive and you know take on my masculine to protect me or leave the room and yesterday it was a beautiful moment because I noticed the whole thing and I was like no Sarah you're safe stay here stay in your feminine and just say no thank you you're safe I think it's going to happen and that's, and, that, and that's what I did so the transformations to the book happen declarations are very helpful and it's a constant practice. It's not like you read this book and you had these transformations, and that's it. Now you're Buddha. Well mm-hmm. you know, it's even Steve, Steve listens to his declarations. I don't know how many times a day. You have to constantly, It's a practice. You have to constantly remind yourself, because you will constantly be put in situations where that you might default back, and it's all good. It's all good. It's just a protection mechanism. So, even when you, so this is that the loving awareness, when you just notice that that's happening with loving awareness, I see that I'm shifting back to this protection mechanism. And it's okay. Thank you. I love you. I see it. And just with that loving awareness and a declaration, you shift back automatically. All happens here. It's all here in the body. It's not mindful, it's not intellectual. It just happens slowly
1: and you're not making it a problem to be solved
2: no it's not a problem to be solved again it's protection mechanism it's trying to help but there's there's nothing to be fixed it's more of staying staying in that union with myself it's with love and awareness Right? Loving awareness is I'm not shaming myself for having this reaction right now for defaulting back. It's okay. From that place of love, I say my declaration. I choose where to come from. And where I want to come from is I want to stay in my family. And I want to stay my natural state.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the re because of the way that you view these circumstances, the reaction in itself is love loving you because the reaction is just a reflection of, hey, because of who you are and how you're going to approach this right now, you're actually going to love yourself even more.
2: Mm -hmm. It's, uh, um, (laughs) do you know, we talk about self-love a lot. And tasting it is a whole different—it's uh, a whole different experience. Intellectualizing self-love: I am love, I am peace. I've never done affirmations really because I—I I, it's just in—I didn't believe that they worked, and they didn't for me. And maybe it didn't work because I didn't believe it, or whatever. But I, I always thought there was a missing piece, and clearing the poop was the missing piece. When you clear the poop, you taste love in yourself. It's, it's like, it's. I, I can't put it into words. I, I don't think even self-love does it justice to this feeling, to this union that I've been feeling. It's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words. It's a a deep experience.
1: What is the distinction for you between affirmations and declarations?
2: So affirmations is putting on a YouTube video where they say, I am for an hour. I am love. I am peace. I am. I am great. I am abundant. I am making money, which is great. Declarations are what your soul's declarations are looking at your judgments. Forgiving yourself for those judgments and allowing your soul to tell you who you are as opposite to those judgments. They're not like literal opposite. So if your judgment is people don't love me. That doesn't necessarily mean the declaration that's going to come out of you is people love me. So it's not a direct opposite in words, but it's a statement that comes out of your soul that is uniquely true to you. I can give you my declarations and you, if you listen to them, they will be affirmations to you.
1: Before you do that, can you, can you describe the creation? Process of one of your declarations.
2: So, you know, we were talking about the challenges and suffering I've gone through with being a woman, uh, because of shaming and the sexual molestation, raping, and all of that. So. The judgments were, I have, my feminine, my feminine hurts me. I am not allowed to be in my feminine. I'm not allowed to be a woman. Uh, being a woman is scary. Being, Being a, men have more worth than women. Men are more safe than women. Men are better than women. Man come first uh you know, cause he got to like if he did this to me, it's my fault he's He's a man, of course, he has urges, and I need to hide, so not to not to um instigate these urges in him, so you see how much judgment uh, i mean I, there are there pages pages on how painful it was for me to. Except that the feminine is powerful because I got I I got hurt over and over and over because of that. So, and this takes took a long time, you know, writing these judgments, sitting with them, remembering these, and living again these sexual molestations, living again this rape, living again this. You know, it's, it's really painful being there again in those places and dealing with them and looking at them and those judgments of you can't do do this, you can't do that it's not, boys are allowed this girls are not allowed that, so was pages of judgments and then I had to go through each one of them and forget myself, forgive myself for having those judgments and forgive anybody who's enforced those judgments on me which took a while so I forgive myself forgive myself, forgive myself. And it's like repenting, you know? That's what God talks about. And then after I forgive myself, like I create that space in the surrender of the forgiveness, disappearing of the shame and hitting that place of complete surrender, grace shows up and grace opens that door for my soul to speak. So after this forgiveness, forgive, 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 It's like you clear it and clear it and clear it. And then it emerges, your soul emerges and tells you who you are. I forgive and forgive and forgive. And now I am. And it comes to you. And it doesn't come to you from your head, it comes to you from your soul. So we came, it was, I am free to be. I am free to create. I am free to be woman, however I choose to be woman. And when I say that, you I have goosebumps over my body because it feels so true. It's a liberation. It's a truth. It's a union. When I say an affirmation of just one that doesn't belong to me, of I am a strong woman, okay, doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. It's a great statement. It's a beautiful statement. It just doesn't say anything to me. Versus when I say I am free, I am free to be, I am free to create, I am free to be woman. However, I choose to be woman. It makes me smile. You know, that's what that means. for me.
1: Thank you for taking me through that process. It, it, it's the power in that is you, you gave me, you gave the listener the experience of here's an affirmation. Here's a declaration. And to observe you light up and, and witness an entire shift in how you're relating to yourself. Like you look like a free little girl
2: <laughs>
1: where your past no longer exists. It's so beautiful to see and be and the power in the process that you described is because of that process, what's coming out of your mouth can only be truth to me. Right.
2: It's again. It starts with that love and awareness. We would not have can't happen by shaming. And you know, I want to add something to that: is when you write those judgments, when you look at yourself, you look at those judgments. It's a difficult process because there are. Your brain will come up with plenty of reasons as to why you need to believe that judgment. You know, your brain, my, my, for me, like for this one case, my brain is telling me, we, you got molested. What are you talking about? Do you want to go there again? Really? You want to allow yourself to just be freely a woman and dress this way and look this way. And, you know, you, are you crazy? Do Do you not remember what happened to us? I was very traumatic. Do you not remember that guy beating you against the wall? You know. And it's there, it's ha- it happened, and it sucked. And it, sitting there gracefully with that story, yes, it happened, and yes, it sucked, it really did. And that's not what I'm debating. Yes, it happened. The story that I created, or the meaning that I attached to it, is what I'm questioning here. Does that mean I have to hide me as a woman? Does that mean I am not allowed to dress the way I want or look the way I want? Does that mean I can't go to the beach and wear a bikini? Does that mean I can't be sexy? Does that mean, you know, it's that meaning associated with that habit, that that needs to be questioned. And that's where the shift happens. Okay, well, yeah, that happened. Yes, your brain, that happened. And it sucked. And thank you, and I love you for trying to protect Can we find a different meaning in here to this? Is it maybe the guy did what he did not because of me? Could that also be true? Yeah, that could also be true. Okay. You know, so I find a lot that we get stuck in the meaning. It's not, we confuse what happened for the meaning we associate with it. Yes, it happened. Yes, it sucked. And it doesn't have to mean that. Because that story is where we get stuck. That's, that's how a limiting belief is born. From the meaning we assign to what happened to us.
1: The impact is no longer in control of you you're now in charge of the impact.
2: Right. Yes. The impact is no longer, because the story I created has been dissolved. And the truth came up. And that's union. That's me finding me again. And that's that's self-love that I was talking about earlier. It's the allowing of, I'm allowed to be who I am again.
1: What would you say to somebody? Well, we could start with your younger self. What would you say to your younger self in order to guide her to this right here? So that you could have saved however many years to becoming this realization?
2: You know, the true. what what's coming up for me is I don't know that there's anything I could have said or done to not, to save me years. As a child, you don't even realize, you're not conscious enough to realize what your body and your brain are doing. You're not even, you're, I don't think you can. The only thing I would have encouraged myself to see or do is for others to actually see and do. Them, is however you feel is okay. The non-shaming part, you know, like you were saying earlier, don't judge the feeling. I would have whatever I would have feeling you know, because when we're children, we see it. We see it. Oh, when a parent sees a child crying, they try and make it better right away. What can I do to make it better? What can I do to stop them crying from crying? What can I do to stop them from feeling this way? almost like saying it's not okay to feel the way you're feeling instead of holding space of it's okay to feel this way so I would have told her it's okay to feel this way I don't know that she would have been able to tell me the story she's created in her head for me to be able to help her through it I would have just told her it's okay to feel this way I wouldn't have shamed her I wouldn't have said it's your fault this happened you know I would just have yeah I wouldn't have shamed
1: I also imagine, besides the, along with the doing of the communication, being with her in love, because I can imagine how many people were with you and internally coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of concern, coming from a place of control, and they can say whatever they say, but are they actually embodying and being with you in the presence of what you're experiencing because by a human not being in the present with you, now there's just even more separation occurring. And the child doesn't know that that separation is even occurring.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And uh, people who have done their work don't know how to do the work for you. Part of the, the forgiveness process for me, because I had to forgive them too, what do you mean? I was in this house with all these people, and this happened to me. You know, where, w- w- what? Uh, so that hence, the, right? I gotta protect myself because no one's gonna protect me. That's one of the stories I created, right? At that age, if this happened, and there are five people in this house, this, that means I'm not safe? That means I gotta, I gotta look out for myself. You know, so more of the masculine, less of the feminine even more reinforced. Um, So in forgiving them, you know, Byron Katie says this, everybody does the best they can with the thinking they have in the moment. So this has helped me a lot with forgiving other people. I don't believe anybody's trying to hurt anybody because they want to. I believe if anybody's causing pain or suffering, it's because they don't know better. They're doing better with the thinking they have currently. Or they're hurting themselves. They're going through their own pain and suffering. It doesn't mean I just sit there and take it. I understand. And I establish my own boundaries, right? But it's helped me a lot to understand that no one is trying to hurt you because they want to. Or no one didn't protect you because it's not like they saw this happening. They're like, oh, yeah, let's just let it happen to her, right? They didn't see it. So the forgiveness of other people is also really important in this process. Understanding that nobody is inherently bad. Uh, you know, Steve talks about seeing the golden people. And for me, part of it means that. Understanding that everybody's doing the best they can. And it allows with forgiveness. And it allows to generate love within you instead of generating judgment. But the more you're judging, right? Steve was talking about that, that, when you're judging someone, it's, that energy has to come through you first. So you have to feel it first. So you're hurting yourself first. So love and awareness, again, we'll come, we come back to that, allows to generate a sensation of feeling of love.
1: I think I... I see forgiveness in a, I don't know if it's a different way or just a, a unique way is that in in the context of what you were sharing is use your energy to love yourself as opposed to use your energy to hate the other. And the only way to use your energy to love yourself when there is another is to forgive them. And that's kind of what what creates the union right there is you can't love yourself and have resentment and anger towards another because that's where your energy is getting leaked and going.
2: Yeah, they can't both exist at the same time. Absolutely.
1: So Sarah, to to come to a, a close here, I think it's been... I'm grateful that you have invited me into your story and allowed me to hear it and be a part of its exploration. And we heard the beginning of the story. We heard the growth in responding and and shifting and changing the story and who you are today. What do you see as the next phase of this story, the next chapter after this powerful shift in being?
2: practice. Continuously practicing the declarations, the loving awareness, the making forgiveness uh, front and center, making it practicing all these things. But it's not, they don't, like I was saying, it's not like, oh, that's it, it happened, and then you move on. It's all a practice. Everything, all the you know, in spirituality, even in religion, you know, and all religions mean well. All of them have practices because we are, as humans, we are designed to forget. And we, we there are practices for all of them. Yoga is a practice, right? Like, So I have over 1,500 hour training as a yoga teacher. I can do some amazing poses. But yoga is a practice. It's not about reaching the pose. It's not about like Showing up, look at me, I can stand on my head. But it's about constantly practicing because each pose has something to tell you. Every every breath with each pose reminds you of something, reminds you of that union. Yoga means union. Um in in religions, you know, like we pray, you know, like uh pray, constant prayer is a practice to for union, union with the self, which is God, right? The self is God. Uh Every, everything out, every wisdom out there that was gained from a prophet, from a sage, from Buddha, from whatever, they, it's all about, about practice. Meditation is a practice, right? It's not like you practice, you meditate for a bit and then you're like, oh, okay, I, now I get it and then you, you, stop, you stop meditating, the, 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 the noise comes back. It's cleaning, right? You stop cleaning your house, it's going to get dirty. You stop going to the gym, you're gonna not get, gonna be fit again. You stop eating healthy, you're gonna gain weight. It's, for me, everything is in practice. It's good to have these aha moments and shifts, but maintaining them is about practice all the time. So whatever practice you choose, practice it. Hmm. It's not a, it's not a destination, it's a journey. So for me, what's next is making sure I continue to practice. My declarations. I continue to practice yoga. I continue to go to the gym. I continue to meditate. I continue to do these things as if my life depends on them because it does. And whatever happens next, whatever life throws at me, it's all good as long as I practice.
1: What's amazing to me about your answer, there wasn't even a mention about a destination or where you want to go it's because you already have all the knowing that as long as you just stay consistent and show up aligned and practice something awesome is going to come right mm-hmm. there's so much trust that if i just keep doing this my life's gonna get better and i'm already loving it now so why would i do anything but continue to show up as i show up right which is that ass yeah. sarah
2: yeah, thank you <laughs> Thank you, Ross. Uh, It's that commitment to the practice. Commitment is the masculine side of God, right? The commitment, the integrity, right? And the grace and the loving awareness is that feminine part of God. So I'm committed to my feminine. That's the union of the masculine and the feminine, the union of me and me, the union of me and God. That's self-love.
1: Thank you, Sarah, for portraying your message, not through words, but just truly how I'm experiencing you showing up on this call.
2: Thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all in space. Thank you for doing this podcast. Uh, thank you for your energy. Thank you for acknowledging.
1: Did we have the ultimate conversation or what?
2: Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. And I hope our relationship continues to flourish from here.
2: Me as well. I love All right.
0: you. I love you too. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com. That's www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.